If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. If you like your private health insurance plan, you can keep your plan, period. If you are among the hundreds of millions of Americans who already have health insurance through your job, or Medicare, or Medicaid, or the VA, nothing in this plan will require you or your employer to change the coverage of the doctor you have. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Find out what is in it. This is America's Healthcare Challenge on the Mighty 1290 Coil, the Mighty1290Coil.com, and the Mighty 1290 Coil mobile app. America's Healthcare Challenge is produced and sponsored by E.D. Bellis. Now, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome to America's Healthcare Challenge. Hope you had a great week. Lots to talk about today on the program. We're going to be focusing on healthcare in the future this week. Lots of uh, things happening. For example, the first story I'd like to bring to your attention happened about six months ago, but I just recently discovered it. So it was uh, kind of on one of those techie blogs out in California, but Google uh, coming up with a pill or they're in the process of developing and researching a pill that if you're you're taking it, would it be able to uh, determine whether or not an individual had cancerous cells? Uh, just thought it was interesting how a li- how um, how pre- far prevention has come with with technology, and that's what we're going to be uh, visiting about today on the program. If this is the first time uh, you've heard this program, I appreciate your time. You can join it uh, at any moment uh, by calling four zero two three four two twelve ninety with your thoughts or comments. And the rhetorical question of the week on uh, on this week's program is going to be: um, Is healthcare a right? Uh, if not. Um, is it a right with responsibility, part one, and then part two is, uh, if, as we start getting into some of these uh, interesting things with technology, um, will individuals live to 100 years old? Is that going to be something that's going to be kind of a standard in 50 years from now? And if that's the case, how are we going to be able to sustain all of those folks living that long, especially when people are on Medicare at age 65, so they'd be paying 35 years uh, of Medicare benefits uh, per individual should that scenario happen. Uh, What's happening right now in Medicare is 10,000 people, and this is going to be the trend for several years now, 10,000 people a day are becoming eligible for Medicare, and uh, it's certainly a popular program, but is one of the most expensive things in our federal budget. Also, expensive thing in our federal budget. Headline number two of the week, uh, the administration linking hospital funds to Medicaid expansion. One, one of the big curveballs in this whole saga of the Affordable Care Act uh, was the Supreme Court's first case where they allowed states to opt out of Medicaid expansion. And that's good and it's bad. It's got pros and it's got cons. And many states, I think 21 non-expansion states, um, are, are kind of being put uh, under the fire a little bit by the administration. Uh, in their letter, they said they would begin to apply three key principles when considering the future of state low-income pools uh, established under what's called a waiver uh, for the people, and they're going to make, uh, make it more difficult and, and essentially create a, uh, a situation where the states uh, are probably going to need to have to expand if they do not, um, they're going to see lots of closures in rural hospitals. That's another headline for this week. Many different rural hospitals all over the country ha- have been closed. And Medicaid expansion is a critical portion uh, of that piece. Now, the, looking at uh, the 21 states that have not expanded Medicaid, let's take a look at the numbers. For example, uh, 
fewer pe- million people would be less of those would be uninsured uh, should that program have been expanded in those states. Um, however, it has saved federal tax dollars, uh, federal taxpayers, four hundred seventy-two billion, um, because uh, of those folks not on um, the situation or the, you know the program. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, we're going to have to keep watching this. I know that our state has punted um, some of the uh, the uh, issue of Medicaid expansion really quickly um, for the you know for the first year, but I, I think they're going to have to uh, re-examine that should certain rural hospitals uh, continue to close, and that's definitely a possibility. Next up, we have uh, the GOP pa- passed their budget. It would repeal the ACA. They're still going on that uh, on that tangent, uh, but it takes uh, steps back from looking at Medicare and Medicaid re- restructuring. Uh, those are obviously are the places where the things are, are most expensive. Um, it passed on Thursday night, 226 to 197, and um, it's got some proposals, but they're still vague in how they're going uh, to do this. And so we'll see how far that actually goes in the United States Senate. One of the things we've been talking about previously on the program is the the shifts of reimbursements from a fee-for-service to uh, more of a uh, capitated type of reimbursement or towards more of, um, uh, you know, giving these large organizations uh, incentives to take financial risks for these uh, populations. And Medicare made a historic announcement. We've talked about it many times in February of this year, pushing the Medicare program towards uh, almost 50% of all of their reimbursement going to be tied to these new payment models. And now Anthem, uh, a large health insurance company, and United has done this as well, are beginning to uh, develop programs that will provide doctors with additional payments if they lower the cost of care, similar type of thought process. And this is going to be around their 37,000 primary care physicians, and it's expected to involve around 4.4 million members. And so the reason I brought that up is just to illustrate all of these changes from Medicare also impact insurance, and it's going to be something to continue to, to, to uh, monitor the next uh, several years. Next up, we have almost half of Obamacare exchanges face financial struggles in the future. Those are the ones that um, started their own, the states that, that did that, ha- nearly half of the 17 of those are in trouble financially, and that's because creating these exchanges was just an enormous undertaking, and it's something that they missed when they put the law together, and that's why so many states decided to go to the federal model just because of economics. The one state that's missing from the list that's uh, not in financial trouble is Nevada, and that's because uh, our good friend and uh, guest contributor extraordinaire Bruce Gilbert, who's joined the program before, uh, is the executive director there, and we obviously know he's doing a fantastic job. We've got uh, one more headline, and then we'll uh, set up the guest for for next segment. It's uh, called "Another One Bites the Dust," uh, because Assurant, uh, a health insurance company, posted a sixty-three point seven million dollar operating loss in twenty fourteen, and they are. Uh, about to bite the dust. Uh, they're going to uh, lose a thousand employees and over a hundred um, million policyholders. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but just another example of um, insurance companies bowing out. Uh, coming up next segment, we've got a great guest for you, Adam Matar from Matar Pacific, a real estate, healthcare real estate organization and consulting firm, joins me. This is America's Healthcare Challenge. We'll be right back. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust And another one gone And another one 